Are you over 30 and tired of trying to find the right single man or woman? Then do what I did. Pick up your telephone and call the Big Soy Natural Romance Hotline. 1-609-285-3494. I was skeptical the first time, but it's been really comfortable and fun meeting interesting singles like you over the phone. Hear recorded personal messages now by calling 1-609-285-3494. Two dollars for the first minute, 45 cents additional minutes. Call the Big Soy Natural Romance Hotline right now. Is that you? I have a problem. like Jared Padalecki. I got them supernatural. So my value right now is zero. If you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path to communism. It's all so adorable, but you can't have it. Enforced farming is really not a vibe. Um, so my dad, he's an Aquarius sun. Virgo moon, um, more importantly, almost certainly a man with autism, um, and 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 that makes him like cool and powerful. But it also makes him very difficult to shop for um, because he knows exactly what he wants and already has it, and has also bought fifty of them and has them stockpiled just in case. Um, like when he was, oh, I think he would have had to be in his like late twenties. He discovered the exact cut of Levi jeans in the exact right color that he likes the best, um, <laughs> and bought around a hundred something pairs of them at that time. Wow! And still has a lot of them because jeans last a pretty long time, and. He just wears one until it like falls apart and then he moves on to the next pair of jeans. And not that long ago when I was visiting my parents, he like walked me down to the basement where he keeps all of his stuff because that's the kind of relationship that he and my mom have is he gets his own little, like it's not, it's not a man cave because I think that implies like that it's nice. It's, this is more it's like a, a man storage. It's like a man dungeon, yeah. Okay. And my mom gets a like a woman walk-in closet. Uh, <laughs> and my dad also built the house, which I think like makes it funnier. Um, he yeah. could have built himself like enough closet space in their bedroom, but he get yeah he gets the dungeon anyway. He took him took me down to the dungeon where he keeps his clothes, and he has you know like. 25 t-shirts of the same kind in the same color. He's got like 30 baseball bats of the same kind in the same color. Um, but the, the jeans were now down to like 20. And he was like, Suri's oh, no. like, look at this. This is how much time I have left on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> Once the last pairs of jeans go, I'm killing myself. Like it's over for me. <laughs> He was like, I bought I bought these when I was in my twenties for the rest of my life. And now look at how much life I have left. Uh, <laughs> the sands of time. The, the denims of time falling through my fingers. Yeah. He's he's so dramatic. I'm I'm a big fan. Um but yeah, okay, welcome to Big So Naturals. We were talking welcome. about how Father's Day is equally as corporate of a holiday as Valentine's Day. I think it actually might be more because Valentine's Day was like, 
it's the feast of saint valentine yeah who is a saint that i don't know if they had anything to do with love but like many catholic things it was like you know how like 50 shades of gray is like twilight but they like shaved off the names and replaced it with like Mm -hmm. i don't know what things yeah whatever their characters names are i haven't read that one anna um I think a lot of Catholicism is like that where (laughs) they take like animism and like animist holidays from like different cultures. And they're like, listen, like we know you want to throw a party on this day, but you can't do it for like your moon God or like your tree God or like whatever, like you've got to do it for something else. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do it for Jesus, I guess. But you got to at least do it for a saint. Um, like this guy. His name is, is George. And yeah. And I really, really the wants you. Feast of St. Valentine's just like just so happens to take place on like, what's it called? Like Lubricalia, which was like yeah. the, which is a furry, a proto-furry holiday. It is a proto-furry where holiday. Where all of the people, they do they dress up as wolves? Do they just like admire the wolves? They also do some fucking and sucking yeah it's like a, it's it, like most pagan holidays it's like mostly an excuse to have an orgy um but you know that's probably offensive right <laughs> probably i we're supposed, to, we're supposed to say are we supposed to say like animist and not pagan but anyway it's fine like you can be the problematic one this episode. Yeah, I'll um, be the problematic one. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also the married one, so. Yeah, I don't know what St. Valentine did. I can't remember. Not one of the saints that I pay attention to. The vague thing I recall about, like, the history of St. Valentine's is that, like, the Feast of St. Augustine was, like, a particularly bloody holiday, if I remember correctly. Augustine or Valentine? Or, I'm sorry, like um, St. Valentine. Yeah, St. Valentine was like, a, like okay. the history of St. Valentine was like particularly gory, um, if I remember correctly. But I think you like might be thinking book. of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, which was like yes. the largest like killing of Italian-Americans. And it, wow. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But like, I just remember some like at some point there was like one Catholic girl at my school in high school who was like, no, Valentine's Day is like a really serious holiday because of like the St. Valentine's Day massacre. And she didn't really elaborate past that. Um, <laughs> I think because maybe she didn't quite know everything about it. We were all 15. Okay. Uh, but that's what I remember. Is so that it was like particularly bloody. St. Valentine's is the patron saint of epilepsy and beekeepers um and he was martyred in third century rome um the holiday is celebrated february 14th in western christianity but on july 6th in eastern orthodoxy which is what you're going to be converting to at some point mm-hmm. um get those patreon dollars up people yeah and it seems like like he was just mar- martyred like he he went on a visit to Rome, and then okay. when he got to Rome, he was, like, imprisoned and tortured and killed, allegedly on February 14th in the year 269. That seems like, how would they know? Did they keep such good records back then? Um, I mean, they kept records of, like, uh, complaints of, 
like bad traits. So I think maybe they keep like records of prisoners who died or they executed. No, I get. I mean, like people wrote things, but I just, I just don't know if I believe that they've always mm-hmm. known that it was February fourteenth. So I mean, they, saying, they didn't even have the the months right for a long time. But anyway, so what you're yeah. saying is Saint Valentine like a flash warning, like. If he was alive today, like if he saw a TikTok, he would be like, this needs a flash warning. So, okay. He went to Rome to spread Christianity. When he was there, the Romans killed him. Fast forward to the 1900s, all these Italian Americans come to the United States. They kill each other mm-hmm. in the mafia. So, the common theme here is that Italians are violent. <laughs> they're violent. They're violent. Mm-hmm. They just, they, they, they crave violence. Yeah. When you Much convert like to Eastern Orthodoxy, when you become a Russian Orthodox Christian, um, I don't know if they oh. get to have like confirmation names and get to pick a confirmation saint but when they do maybe that's that'll that'll be the following patreon tier is like Mm -hmm. the first one is dogs are getting upset uh the first one is they they make you convert the second one is they they pick your patron like a little poll for my confirmation name okay yeah because there's so many it'll be hard to pick and as you can see they they have all these different like Pokemon, like they get different things that they're the best at. So I'm not sure how we went from beekeeping to love. Um, so like boxes of chocolates and plastic hearts. Yeah. It's got something right, to do with I mean, the wolves. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I it's... have I have two questions that I wanted to ask you before yeah. we got into like the episode, episode, episode. One of the okay. questions is nice. The other question is going to make you go, oh, which one do you want first? I mean, I guess, you know, everyone says, like, do you want the good news first or the bad news first? And I guess I want the good news. Okay. All right. I'll do the the nice question. The nice question is, like, what is the best date that you've ever been on? Oh, that's difficult. Is Um, it? I mean, only insofar as, like... Um, I, if, if you don't know Big Soy Naturals lore at this point, prayer warriors, uh, I am, I am, I am a married woman. I am, I am, I am a married person. I am, I am a husband girly. Um, <laughs> I have mm-hmm. a spouse. Um, I, I would say like one of the best dates I ever went on was actually one of, uh, the first dates Adam and I ever went on. Um, that's my spouse. They use they, them pronouns, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, <laughs> um, but that was one of the best dates because like um, we had known each other for a while and we had done that very like the very like gay thing that people do where they're like, I feel like I've known you like my whole life, but like we're not dating. We're fine. We're not dating. Um, and then we finally decided to uh, uh, admit like, OK, yeah, maybe we are dating. <laughs> maybe we are in fact dating and so like all of the dates that we had been on previously were like 
friend hangouts that were significantly not friend hangouts. Like one of the things that we did was like, like we just hung out on like some hill and like they played guitar for me and we acted like that was like, like at sunset and we acted like that was like super platonic best buds, just what friends do. Um, and then another one, like I was really, really sick with like a really bad fever um, and they came over with like soup that they ordered from the deli and literally sat with me while I had like a delusional like rant about something or other. And they just listened to me like the whole time, super platonic friend thing to do. And then I fell asleep right on their shoulder. But the first date we ever went on, um, they were super nervous. They started opening doors for me everywhere we went. And I thought it was very cute. Um, and then we went to get um, like crepes at like this place. Uh, and they were like, yeah, I came here with a girl I dated in high school. And I was like, that's really I found funny. It <laughs> I, 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 they, they didn't seem to see the issue with telling me that at all. And I thought it was just kind of adorable <laughs> that they didn't see an issue with that. Uh-huh. But they were they, not even for like a second. They didn't go like, yeah, I went here like on a date with a girl in high school. And then like immediately thought like, oh no, they just like kept going with like whatever they were talking about. <laughs> Like did not like just zoom went right over their head that that might like make me feel any type of way and it didn't all it made me feel is just like oh like they just like I felt like a very like significant level of trust um that they would just uh tell me that and not feel like it would bother me in any way like there was an implicit level of trust there in the three months that we had like known each other that I felt like you know what like this is really nice like (laughs) Like, it's really nice that they, 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 um, trust in me that much. Um, and then they started talking about how, like, yeah, someday I may, like, like, I probably just, like, want, like, kids. And, like, we are, like, 18. And I'm, like, that's, like, a weird thing to say. Didn't think it was weird at all. Once again, just, and I honestly felt, again, that just, like, sense of trust that they had to just, like, tell me things about their, about themselves that they probably wouldn't tell just, like, anybody, um, and just had this like implicit feeling about me that I wouldn't be bothered by it. Um, <laughs> and I just, I felt really charmed by that, I guess. And then we went to see the, um, the movie gravity with Sandra Bullock and we both hated it. And that was like, <laughs> most of the day, uh, was just watching Sandra Bullock, uh, howl on like comms in like some spaceship with these like, uh, two Russians that she like she basically like floats in space for a while and then she finds like an abandoned satellite thing goes inside like gets on the comms and like there's some farmer somewhere like some Russian farmer and she's like do you have dogs Vlad and then just starts going like and so we just like walked home that night just howling um (laughs) Okay, Kendall Furry reveal. Kendall Furry reveal imminent. I thought it was. I, th- I just thought it was a very sweet first date, considering we had had probably like eight first dates before that um, that we just didn't consider or count. Yeah, that's cute. No, I feel like what I got from that is that like the way to your heart is by being kind of awkward. Yeah, like aw- <laughs> awkward and like earnest. I find it charming and earnest. Yeah, I like I like uh, earnest people. Yeah, it's like it's like arresting when someone isn't isn't putting on any pretenses and they're just they're mm-hmm. just saying stuff. Yeah, it threw me. Not everyone knows how to do that. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't like I was bothered 
by the idea of like, oh, you've been here with like another girl or like, oh my God, you want kids. I like, don't even know if I can commit. Like I, like I knew that those weren't things that they were asking of me, but more just things that they were telling me because they were like, I don't feel the need to hide that from you in any way. Um, yeah, I think that's why dating friends can be nice sometimes because you're not putting on the little like first date act that mm-hmm. I think people, whether or not they like mean to do it, do it anyway because it's Mm -hmm. you know it's like a weird like awkward kind of thing it's a high pressure situation I was very bad at dating just like people Mm -hmm. um which is why a lot of the time I dated a lot of like friends yeah um which definitely led to some bad situations (laughs) in high school but I I just feel like in the end like I was just a terrible dater when it came to just like dating strangers and mingling um because I did not like it wasn't like I was like I'm sick of small talk. Like, tell me your dreams. Oh, I hate just, those like, people. Those people are awful. But like, I, I guess I just felt like um, I couldn't really like be myself. Um, and yeah. that eventually, like I had the fear, honestly, always in my mind that like they were going to find out who I was and they were not going to like it. Aww. And that kept me from like doing, like really putting myself out there in like a real way. That's That's probably like a very normal way to feel I think I just get I get so bored um, <laughs> that's my problem with dating is is a lot of people are just uh they're they're boring I want them to be was, a little bit more interesting but what was the best date you've ever been on okay I'm so glad I'm, you asked um I I know this this one it uh it was number one so there's this pancake place that I wish I could recommend to people in South Jersey but I can't anymore because it uh turned out to be like a front for the mafia um what is it with fronts and making well, like I guess I don't food? I don't know if it's a front because the pancakes were good right but yeah they in addition to making really like the best breakfast I've ever had they also were like smuggling like heroin and like prescription drugs and stuff um so anyway we we went there first which was great um and it was like a surprise this was someone I had met and like kind of knew um but like we weren't friends yet or anything and so this was like the first time that we were like actually hanging out and they like were like I've got big plans for the day but I'm not gonna tell you um and I was like that's great I love to not make decisions and I love to be surprised with cool things. Um, (laughs) So we, we got like a big like pancake dinner or breakfast, not dinner thing. And then we got into his car and he drove me to uh, a monster truck rally, which was so cool. I had never been to one before. And oh, like, cool. yeah, oh it was just like this super like high octane event um, and was like really fun to watch and to like get to experience with like a new person. And then afterwards we went to another South Jersey cultural institution, which is Wawa, uh, which is just like a convenience yes. store, but it's, it's, the, it's actually the best convenience store there's nothing there's nothing like it Mitt Romney said so himself when he was running for president he got on his there really is nothing like it he he said that it was like 
an example of the best that America has to offer and honestly got to agree. Um, so we went to Wawa and we got like a bunch of snacks and then we went to the beach and we watched the sunset and it was really beautiful. And um, I love a, I love a marathon date when the person is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, I think that was the best, the best date I've been on because it combined um, all the things that I like, which is eating a lot, uh, like a high energy event, being on the beach at nighttime when when no one else is there and there's no tourists being annoying and throwing their trash on the ground, um, and going to Wawa, uh, which <laughs> I think I think if I could do that every day I would. But I um, I live in a part of Philly that for some reason is not walking distance to a Wawa, and I'm not going to say that I live in a food desert because that's not what a food desert is, but it feels like it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's cruel and unusual punishment on the part of um, city planning. Yeah. So I've got I've got a Taurus Venus with Aries on the descendant, and I don't think that you know what any of that means. But oh, really, it, it you know for for those in the know, uh, it it's it's the perfect date because Taurus Venus is one thing they love to do is uh, sit down and eat. Um, <laughs> but I've got Aries in the seventh house, so I need something like exciting and fun. I can't just sit down and eat the whole time. Something needs to be like exploding in the background. So you have to have those monster trucks there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, a monster truck date rules. That sounds no, so it was, fucking It fun. was so good. Uh, for anyone who's trying to think of a good date idea, like monster truck rally is always a good option. And I mean, um, if they're not into a monster truck rally... Yeah, they're not the one. Like, I hate this. Yeah, they're not the one. That's our first piece of advice. Mm-hmm. That's like, um, <laughs> okay. Into- okay, I have a, another question. This one's the one that's going to make okay. you go, ooh. Um, and it's inspired by a conversation that we were having in our Discord, which, dear listeners, you can get to join only if you're normal um, yep. and you give us money. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what first lady do you think uh, had the best uh, head game. Ooh, uh, but see, the easy answer is Nancy Reagan, and I don't believe it. To be I honest. no, I actually don't, I don't think that she was it. good. I think I that don't think she was. She was a woman of quantity and not quality exactly. when it came to blowjobs. Like it, the way that they described it is just like, oh, she gave a lot of blowjobs, but like, did that mean? But like, did it like? Because she gave a lot of blowjobs in return for favors in Hollywood. But where did that get her? Like, she had to go to DC and become the first lady. Like, she wasn't. She wasn't a Hollywood star, and she wasn't um, even Reagan's first wife. She was a second she wife. Yeah, she was his second wife. So it's like, mm, I feel like if she was uh, better, she would have gotten in earlier. I like. I'm trying to look at some of the first ladies, and here's the thing, like. Eleanor Roosevelt was a lesbian, so head game, like, it would have to be lesbian head game, and I do think she was probably pretty good. Yeah? Um, yeah, I do. I do. Right. I mean, the letters that she wrote between her and her lover, that that woman was down horrible for Eleanor. Um, Jackie scrapes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like she's she's chomping. Like, like a spiralizer. Mm-hmm. She's just got little shark teeth. You know that anecdote about um, like she would walk into a room and John F. Kennedy would like instantly be in a bad mood? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that doesn't happen if you're good at sucking dick. 
No, it doesn't. I mean, that. why do you think he was always hanging out with Marilyn? She was good at sucking dick. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just true. Um, Hillary Clinton, horrible. No, I don't think she, I, I think it. she didn't do it at all. Because that's, she, yeah. that's why the Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> so, she had, so she had the Julia Fox reaction. Yeah. Blowjobs are gross. They're gross. <laughs> They're gross. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, Betty Ford. Hmm. Uh, I don't think so. It's just I don't think a lot of them did because it's just well, like okay. so many like You know, it's like a like a prom queen at a charter school. We're not saying yeah. that they're they're good, mm-hmm. or like in the world, but like relatively. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get. I mean, Betty Ford. I think maybe. Yeah. Um. I think yeah. I think maybe. Um. I mean. Rosalind Carter, Jimmy Carter's wife, probably. I think Laura Bush gave gave great head. That was going to be my answer. Is something about Laura, their relationship just Laura says Bush mm. is, is George's wife because I always get the two yeah. confused. I I definitely think that that that's my choice. If you're a blue check Twitter head, you think Jill Biden gives great head, and you are incorrect. You are no, wrong. Definitely um, not. You are, you are just I think wrong. at this point, she probably can just, like, say that she's done it, and, and Joe would be like, oh, cool, because he can't remember, like, what happened in the past <laughs> 10 minutes. Oh, here's a good one. What about Patricia Nixon? Hmm. Patricia I... Nixon was a Quaker. He was a Quaker. It's but he true. was a Quaker that did wars. So I'm not really sure what that means for his relationship to sex, but mm-hmm. I, think, I think I'm locking in on my choice of Laura Bush. I also think Laura Bush. Okay. Maybe, but we also have Barbara Bush. I forget that they're a legacy family. Oh, no, I could Mm -hmm. never forget. But Mm -hmm. I I think it's, I think it's Laura Bush because you got to remember that that George Bush Bush had his whole like wild child phase and he Mm -hmm. did a lot of coke. And I think like one thing that I know about guys who do a lot of coke is they're always trying to get blowjobs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm locking it in. It's Laura Bush. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Nancy Reagan, it's hard because it's just like, a, she did bring like a psychic into the White House and he said like, okay, no, honey, that's not fine. a psychic. An astrologist. An astrologist. Yeah. And she okay. like had the astrologist like make a lot of major decisions um, for Ronald and Reagan. Like, and I feel like the only way you can convince your president husband to do that as if you're like a throat goat if you're just giving no because he get, also get like joe biden where he had mm. alzheimer's oh right he did have alzheimer's mm. okay yeah no we'll go with laura bush ding 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 okay well welcome to big soy naturals it's valentine's day i'm cerise that was kendall um, mm-hmm. We're doing something. I love how you always introduce it as "I'm Cerise" and that was Kendall. Like, like I left the room. <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to speak for who you are right now. I only know who you were a few seconds, ten ago. seconds ago. Yeah, <laughs> I know who I am, but only only mm-hmm. you can know who you are. Yeah. Um, we're well, doing I'm still Kendall. Okay, <laughs> but Just to that's subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get used to it, pay pigs. Um, So we uh, are doing something fun, which is that we asked all of you for questions that you might have about like romance, dating, love, uh, anything in that genre. 
and um, you all, you texted us, you called us. We're very qualified to give advice because Kendall mm-hmm. is married and I, I have never done anything wrong in my life. Um, mm-hmm. So we're really excited to give you divine feminine guidance and hopefully help you find love and like reach enlightenment. And I think that we're just going to like leave the love line open. Um, we might not do another episode like this, like anytime soon, but you know, you can, you can send us a text, you can give us a call. And the next time that we do one, then we'll be there. Yeah, or just, or ready, just you know, ready to answer to your questions. Talk to us, send us some follow-ups. If you know anything about what we talk about on the podcast, I would love to hear from you and your, your, big genius insights no um, criticisms please though no only criticisms compliments though, no. only compliments um, Kendall, praise and do maybe want, do you want to pick the the first one yeah i'll pick the first one um we got so many good ones and we got some we weird did, ones we got so many good ones we got so many weird ones i'm very proud of all of you thank you for uh doing the homework i okay how about this one i have known i was bisexual almost my whole life But until the pandemic was uh, content living as a straight girl, it took COVID for me to decide YOLO and come out to my friends and try pursuing this other part of my sexuality. I haven't actually dated any girls yet, and I don't want to be a cringe bisexual like the two of you (laughs) talk about. How do I avoid that when I don't know what I'm doing? I love that we are making the people afraid to express their sexuality. I That's love that. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, great okay. impact. No, no, no. Don't apologize. I think that having having a healthy amount of awareness about not being cringe is the first step to not being mm-hmm. cringe. Because so many of the girls they die they dive into the the pool of lesbianism, um, and they they do a bad job and they make everyone feel weird. So I think like being aware that you might be cringe, that's step one. Um, I think maybe step two is like giving yourself some grace because um, there's a lot of people that like don't figure out their sexuality or like don't start like expressing like every part of their sexuality or sexual orientation until like later in life. So just because like your whatever age in your adult life you are does not mean that like everyone else has like miles of experience ahead of you um and that you're like the only person that doesn't know what you're doing um and in in my experience I feel like it's pretty normal for someone to be like this is my first time like doing this like Mm -hmm. this is my first time like going on a date with another girl or like whatever it is that you're doing and I think just like being upfront about that is is helpful yeah um I mean I I think that's kind of kind of all that that you really need to do and maybe maybe also like uh, what's the thing that I'm looking for like there's there's a a way that newly awakened bisexual women kind of like fetishize other women Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that can be annoying um and I think it it really comes down to like treating other women mostly like their sexual objects and like um tools that they can use to like explore themselves rather than like fully realized human beings um but I think if you're like wanting to do a good job and like aware that you might be cringe then it's less likely that you're going to do that because you're already thinking about the other person yeah I think you know I 
like, we already established that I love I love earnestness. Um, and I think a lot of the cringe Twitter bisexuals, I mean, the first tip, honestly, is don't tweet. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, you're right. Don't tweet. Yeah, don't tweet. Um, just don't don't tweet about it. Um, find community is like uh, the major thing. Um, but like, yeah, that's the major maybe. overall point. But like, I feel like a lot of cringe Twitter bisexuals, who is mostly what we're talking about when we talk about people on the podcast, um, they they talk about lesbians as if they're this like mean group of people that like um if you just say like oh this is my first time having an experience with a woman they'll like fucking flip out and they'll be like i don't want to be like your experiment um oh i i I say that to people (laughs) i don't want to be anyone's experiment um when straight girls give me a call i hang up the phone yeah, well, that's straight girls. Obviously, like if you have if you have come to terms with yourself and your internal, like mind, like I am bisexual. Like this is something that I want to explore within myself, and you are honest about like this is my first time having an experience with a woman's with a woman, so I'm nervous. But I don't want you to think that I'm, like, I I like don't know within myself that this is something that I want. Um, like being upfront and honest with your desires, like Cerise said, is actually not going to have, like, I think a lot of like media will tell you that a lot of people will flip out and freak out. Um, But I don't think that's actually true, especially if you are as earnest as you seem to be in your question about how you are are coming terms to yourself with yourself. (laughs) You can say YOLO. You're very, you're very, you're very honest about who you are. Um, I just, I think the main thing is just like, don't tweet with authority, um, which is something we'll probably come up again when we talk about um, The Ethical Slut later, the, the book that we read um, or that Cerise read for us. Thank I you for doing that. Yeah. Um, like there, there's a certain amount of like authority that I think sometimes baby gays uh, get when they get on Twitter um, about how like all lesbians are mean. And, like, nobody actually wants to be in community with me. And, like, I understand we're in uh, a panty right now. We're in a personal pan pizza. And um, it's a little harder to find those communities. And it seems like Twitter would be the place to do it. But I'm telling you right now, Twitter is not the place to find <laughs> community. It is, it is a place to find pit crews and um, Twitter verifieds who um, will, for some reason, call you a neolib um yeah i think like make friends if you can who are like in the lgbt community stay away from lgbt discourse yes yes that's that's the main thing that will be helpful and i think will keep you from being cringe especially if you're also being honest with people yeah because the the main gripe i'll say up front that we have with the with the twitter bisexuals they're not just on Twitter. I feel like you're being generous. I they're not just generous. on Twitter. Well, I mean, I, like I said, we're in a pandemic. So right now they're all on Twitter. Um, they're extra on Twitter, but they, they ex- exist in the world. Yeah, they, they're out I here. The, with the cringe bisexual um, that we have a lot is like uh, the discourse that they talk about with bisexuality is very limited um, to their experience uh, talking to their straight friends and their straight loved ones and trying to justify their existence. And I understand that pain. I really do. Um, I get why it can be very, very frustrating over and over again to have these discussions with straight people. And then you kind of think 
that all people just keep thinking that same thing about bisexual people, including people in the LGBT community. And I don't think that they do. Yeah, I think I will say my issue with the, the bisexuals that are doing the bisexual discourse, which I think we've said a few times, is that like they're just dating men yeah. and then like demanding to be validated for doing something that's like already validated in society and like also demanding like access to a community that they haven't like put any effort into being a part of. So and I think that along in that access somehow. You like wanting to date women is putting you ahead of many of them already. Yeah. Um, and I think like being honest about like your insecurities with doing that is also putting you ahead of many people. And mm-hmm. like you can have been out for years and years and still feel nervous about doing it because it's like, you know, it's actually not normalized um, for women to be dating other other women. It's not uh, validated um, most of the time. And so there's like a lot of things that can come up that might make someone feel like insecure and nervous. You're not going to be the only person that feels that way, even if someone has like 10 or 20 or whatever years of experience, like being an out bisexual or lesbian. So like, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's not a numbers game and the right women will... Uh listen to your anxieties and uh honestly want to explore that with you Um, okay i have a i have the next question that i'm gonna read i think this one's Mm -hmm. good also because it the first part of it has something that i think everyone should be doing they said so i was listening to your earlier episodes and you guys mentioned that you didn't think it makes sense to treat stuff like having a copy of infinite jest or music taste as signs of being a male manipulator And that makes sense to me. But are there media consumption things that you would consider automatic red flags? And what are they? Uh, Mm. So number one, congrats on listening to all the episodes. Good job. Everyone should do that. Um, (laughs) That's the easiest way to um, You you are the Hank Greenstan who asked us what um, (laughs) our intersectionality was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this is not a media consumption thing, but mm-hmm. it is it is media related. Um, I would say any man that has a camera in his home, <laughs> that's a concern to me. I don't okay. think yeah. that male photographers are valid. Um, I think that they're scary. Um, I think that they're dangerous individuals. Um, and it's definitely a red flag to me. I think that you have your, you have like tiers of male photographers. You have the like most evil ones who are like sliding into women's DMs on like Instagram when they could be like hitting up professional models emails um, and like asking to take pictures of them um, that like who knows even what they do with like they take <laughs> feminist photography and mm-hmm. it's just white waves in like pastel underwear. Yeah. Um, well, and they, they'll say stuff like, I love the human body or whatever. Yeah. And I just, you know, obviously that's a problem. But then you have your others who are like, maybe they're taking pictures of uh, like landscapes or buildings or something. And I know some of these in my life and some of them are okay. But I think as a rule, like if you're just if you're trying to avoid bad men, it's a slippery slope 
from taking a picture of a building to taking like a black and white, like enlarged photo of like your nipples. And you don't know, um, like it are the are the building photography uh, pictures a front for Mm -hmm. his love for the human body. So Mm -hmm. I would stay away from a man that has a camera in his house. Why are you so into shapes, sir? What's up with what's up with your love for shapes? Mm-hmm. Like it seems like you're objectifying buildings. What's next? Are you going to objectify me? Doesn't seem doesn't seem very good. Doesn't seem very fair. Um, I guess for me, with a lot of the media consumption stuff, it's it like it's not always about the the content itself so much as the quantity. Um, like I would say, like if this person exclusively watches children's cartoons um like just only children's cartoons and that's the only form of like queer representation media that they talk about red flag right there there is so much queer history in film and you are only focusing on uh the reboot of she-ra red flag to me um i think like i'm i'm gonna be fair and Cerise is probably going to hate this immediately. But I will say that, like, I don't think necessarily watching Marvel is immediately a red flag. What? Only because only because they're so ubiquitous that at this point, like, if, you, if you're, like, just a person who wants to keep up with what people in the office are talking about so that you can get through the day, like, I get maybe skimming through some Marvel movies or even, like just trying to understand them from the point of view of like, why is the action in every single Marvel movie so fucking bad? Just trying to keep tabs on like what the like current Marvel news is in order to keep up with like the media of it. Cause it's just no. so ubiquitous. Why are they watching so many bad things? What but if they spent the their time watching something good? Thing. But here's the thing, right? It's, it's fine if like you, you have just like a general knowledge of Marvel, especially if you were first a comic book fan then I'm like, whatever, fine, you know? Um, Now, if you own Marvel merch, get out of my face, stay 50 feet away from me at all times. Um, Funko Pops, I'm coming into your house and I'm I'm absolutely ownership of the Funko Pop is, that's that's a problem you don't want to be in. Especially if they start talking about like, that they're a collector that like the market value of these will go up over time and they don't take them out of the box. You don't want a man talking about the market value of anything. No, no, no market values, no nothing. Um, I'd say like men who are, and it's unfortunate because I have a lot of male friends who are also, because, because I am into like horror and hammer horror and stuff like that, which is a pretty male dominated fan base. I have quite a few friends who are into horror. Um, but Sometimes, like, it's just, like, you should always approach a man who is, like, really into horror films with a sense of caution, especially if, like, the things that they're into are, like, exploitation films. If they're, like, only into, like, the exploitation genres or, like, the hyper-violence gore, um, something's off. <laughs> something's that's a, not that's right. a really niche kind of man. I don't think I know any of those. I've, I've met so many. They all wear docks, oh. and they all just, like... And I, and I know a few of you are out there and you're my friends uh, and I begrudgingly respect you, hmm. but something like, there's just something about it. I've, I go to these, I go to these like horror film festivals or I used to. Um, 
<laughs> and like these the men there like there's just like they they want to talk to me so bad and they just because I'm the only girl <laughs> I'm the only female presenting person there and they are like they, they just something about it like they just are way too into the violence and not really into the um the underlying socio-political elements of what was going on at the time that made that film like what it was <laughs> i just think it's like interesting that people are like fixating on like um they're like oh like if you've got like infinite jest which is like one of the most mm-hmm. popular books of like the past 20 years like if you've got that on your shelf like which and they probably haven't even read it. That's like one of those books that people oh, yeah. people like to own. Um, there, that's a red flag. That's that's too many people. You're not getting like good information with that. Um, but there are there are guys who are like World War Two enthusiasts. Yes, and yes. that is a that is a specific kind of guy. You're getting a lot of information, and mm-hmm. uh, I think most of the time the information is bad. I would say that that's a media consumption red flag. Um, mm-hmm. I'm less caring about like what kind of music someone listens to. I don't think that you can really decide that someone is like going to be a bad person because they have like bad music, music taste. And and also like I don't know. I think that there's this problem that is not just. Um, the way that people perceive men, but the way that people perceive media consumption in general, where if you read something or watch something or consume something in whatever way, and it's because they think that all media is like consumption um, rather than like engaging with it, which is a different thing. Um, but whatever, like if you're if you're like consuming some kind of media that has um, a bad character in it who does bad things or is about like dark topics um, and doesn't condemn them um, that you as the person who is like engaging with this art uh, believe those things <laughs> um, which is I think why people really gravitate right now towards Marvel movies because there is like a clear cut like good and bad guy um, and also why like people get really upset with like media that's like more complicated or mm-hmm. that is like portraying something that is wrong but doesn't right. like explicitly like, said this- like condemn it or punish it in the narrative because maybe it's trusting you as the uh, person who's engaging with this piece of art to like do half of the work um, and like, like, said this to develop you. your own takeaway from it. So I said this to you yeah. before. But the people, like, you ever just, like, like, and, and this is a question to everyone, everyone at home. You ever just watch a movie that's, like, even just, like, a modicum more complicated than, like, a Marvel movie? Like, I'm talking, like, Annihilation. Like, the kind of guy who directs a movie who definitely wants to understand women so, so bad. And he makes a very, like, sort of a slightly headier, like, sci-fi film. And you're, you come out of the theater and you're like, I liked that. But... You can just picture in your mind if you went on like youtube.com right now and searched title of movie ending explained, you'd get 1 million videos of like just the worst kind of guy, like (laughs) only looking at the like exact like meta narrative of like how this could fit into like a like all seeing universe. 
uh, rather like, than like the actual like emotional implications that or like you know meaning and yeah. symbolism behind a film okay like <laughs> if you type in the word midsummer into a search bar the next mm-hmm. word that will come up is like ending explained and then like midsummer explained and then all of the little videos for it are like so this is a movie about how joining a cult is bad it might yeah. seem like um it's about how joining a cult is good um because the main character is happy at the end but it's actually about how joining a cult is bad um so I just, I, yeah so i think that you know uh there's there's just a, a general lack of like um, media literacy, which I suppose is coming back, according to Kendall, um, and also but like a lack of like, I know, and like a lack of like willing to like engage with something that's like difficult um, or like wanting um, like comforting stories that are like straightforward and like don't require any any work from the person that's like um, engaging with it. Which is also why a lot of people are like gravitating towards fan fiction now. I'm sorry, I said it, but I said it. Um, and also, like, why a lot when of people right. are, like, grown adults um, and exclusively read uh, YA books. Um, or watching queer kids' cartoons because they feel like they missed out on some, like, gap in their history or whatever. Anyway, person. what I'm saying <laughs> is that when you decide that a man is a bad person because he listens to, like, Radiohead or something... Like, you're doing the same thing. I think it's actually fine to just declare all men to be bad people. You don't need to um, come up with, like, any any further well, explanation for it. But in order for these people to feel like they can date men, right? I feel like the big part about the yeah, male you, manipulator... You know, also, you can't but, sort men into good or bad categories, honestly, based on media consumption. Like, And I think that the idea that you can, like, keep yourself mechanism. safe by, like figuring out like what albums he has on his shelf is um like I get I get why people want that but it is a sickness um and I hope that you recover so Mm -hmm. really the the answer is like there's not that not that much you just have to get to know people but the other answer is Funko Pops and World War II memorabilia Funko Pops, World War II memorabilia. Um, and if you like horror films, don't spend the entire time recommending films to me that are just about, like, torture porn of women getting, like, chopped up. If I were a man, I would never <laughs> talk to you about films. I'd be so intimidated. Um, <laughs> the so, thing is that they're not up until I start really talking, and then they start getting very, very scared. Um long-time listener first-time caller i guess and um my question about love etc is like you guys both seem like very free thinking (laughs) free thinking like progressively or progressively progressively minded is what i was going to say but like progressive people which i love and also hilarious. Like, your senses of humor are top-notch. Um, but I feel like... But, or excuse me. My, my question... I'm so sorry. My question is, like, this is regarding, like, the love life prompt or whatever. My question is, like, I feel like a big part of dating and in this current cultural landscape is, like, 
finding people who have the same, like, political alignment as you. And, like, while that is ideal, like, while it would be fantastic to find someone who agreed with you on every single political issue there is, um, I feel like at the end of the day that truly is impossible. And I guess my question is – actually, my question is, like, twofold. The first part is – my first question is if you – like, what is the, like, the the final straw as far as, like, dating someone who is the same politically as you? Like, I feel like there's there are people who you align similarly, but, like, you don't – you may, like, disagree on, like, one issue. Like, I guess it's just – it's difficult to navigate, I think, the dating sphere – while things are so politically contentious and like not even politically contentious, but like I think more people are addressing what they, I'm sorry, I'm trying to find the words, but like addressing what they believe in politically and like what they truly choose to stand behind and what their deal breakers are. Like, how do you think that, or like, what do you think, what do you think the line is as far as like, what you can disagree agree to disagree on and then i guess the second part of the question is how do you think it like things have changed or evolved as far as people navigating the dating sphere like something like hinge my second point or my second question was um how do you think dating has evolved and like honestly the past like five to ten years in terms of people like becoming more aware politically or like thinking they're becoming more aware politically and like how that, how do you think that plays a role in how we select our partners, whether it be like on dating apps or like in real life? Like, I just think, I don't know. I'd love to hear your guys' take on that. I think it'd be really interesting. Anyway, I'm so sorry for the long and rambling message. I'm a little high and, um, Big fans of both of you. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. Love the pod. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, first of all, I love getting I love, complimented. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. Um, that was a so great sweet. question. That was that was a great question. It really was. It was a really great question. I um, and it's a difficult question to answer because yeah, Kenny, like, since you we, don't like date, like. Yeah. It's difficult for me to answer, but I feel like also the easy answer would be just like, oh, if they believe that like everyone like has the like the right to live or whatever, you know, like where everyone has the right to I don't to, think like... that everyone has the right to live. <laughs> That's but, like, I feel like the <laughs> easy answer belief. would be just like, you know, the, the middling kind of vague truths about like like, oh, you believe that everyone deserves access to healthcare and like everyone access. deserves access. Yeah, like, well, you know, I mean, I feel like if someone said that, yeah, like, I think that, like, those things would, like, not be good enough for me. Like, I I would want to know more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean, is that, like, you have these, the easy answers are, like, well, you have the vague truths that you kind of agree on of, like, everyone deserves healthcare and everyone deserves the right to, like, you know, have an abortion and, like maybe the police should be a little less mean, like those like vague things that you can kind of agree on. And then maybe later you can like fix them or change them or convince them. And the question would be like, do you want to commit to 
like changing that person. I don't like, think that I don't think that you should ever go into dating thinking that you can fix someone or change exactly. them. And I think that it's also like um, not like a kind way to like view potential partners or like people that you're dating um, because like. I feel like I would feel pretty insulted if I were seeing someone and I was into them and I found out that they were like, yeah, like they're all right. I like them, but like these beliefs that they have, like they all need some work and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to fix that. Like I, I would feel like That'd insulted the that, that, to someone... that, you can, that you can fix someone else. Well, yeah, and also that's... like, not, not just that like, that you can fix me, but that I need fixing. And also that you're going to be like so good at it that it's going to happen. I think it is (laughs) um, possible and um, like has happened in relationships that I've been in where like um, my, my first girlfriend was way, way smarter than me and a much better person than I was um, in pretty much every regard. Um, And like, I learned a lot, um, from her when we first started dating and I would credit her with like a lot of my, um, desire to like learn more about like radical politics, um, and also like how to, how to live out those values, like in a real way. Um, but that all came from like me wanting to do that. And I don't think that you can assume that like, every person that you date is going to feel that way. And I think that you have to go into dating um, okay with whatever someone's existing beliefs are. And if you aren't okay with them, then that's just like not the person for you. Um, yeah. Have you read all about like love? Have you read all about love? I have read all about love. Okay. You know what Bell Hooks's definition of love is? I think it's really um, good. Yeah. I, I do think it's really good. I can't, sorry. I'm like, I'm, out of it from the booster also that's true yeah you've got the the fauci shot well it's okay i i know it um (laughs) but i was reading some of it today um to kind of gear up for talking about love um but i'm kind of linking right now i do feel like it's pretty essential if you dear dear listener who sent us the voicemail i feel like if you really want the answer to this you should probably read all about love so okay yeah so Hook says that like love is like the will to extend yourself for the purpose of nurturing um like someone else's uh personal and spiritual growth and i think that like you have to first be able to like respect someone like fully as a person um Mm. in order to want to do that and be able to do it well and i don't think that you can you can really like have a relationship where you think that you're better than someone like in terms of the things that you believe. But I would say that like, I don't think that you need to line up 100% on every single thing with someone that you're seeing. Um, But I think that like having shared values in like a, like a real way and not in like a, like a vague, like the, the way that Kendall was describing way is like pretty important because, um, I think like having, uh, like useful disagreements with my friends and the people that I love with, like it, it makes me smarter and it like makes me a better person. Um, but I can't like respect 
the disagreements that we're having if I don't know like where they're coming from in that place. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if you and I, Kendall, like line up on like 100% of everything. I don't know if we've gotten sure. there yet, but you know, prob- I mean, probably. Um, yeah. And like, I would always be interested in like hearing you out and like not just trying to like defend myself or like impose my point of view on you because I like trust you a lot and I respect you a lot and I know where you're coming from and I don't think that you can like feel that way about someone if you already think that their beliefs are garbage yeah. and you want to change them so well, that's the, that's and the I, I, always... I think that I wouldn't I wouldn't date someone that's like too different from me because I don't think it would be like a nice thing to do to them and it well, would like, be also you... unpleasant for me the person who left this voicemail also spoke in their voicemail um, about like how we're living in very politically contentious times. And I remember I did feel very bothered um, right when the 2016 election happened, like right afterwards, there was a slew of articles that came out about like, I'm dating a Trump supporter and I'm like a bleeding heart liberal or like, I'm like this person, this person has opposite political beliefs and here's why I'm dating them. And it's always kind of boils down to, I love our debates and I love that, like, I can argue with this person. But it seems like when no, they're, like, I what you like... were discussing, like, was, like, a, a, more about a mutual understanding rather than, like, an interest in why they, like, it seems like the, the way that not... they were talking about it in their articles felt so, like, weirdly, almost, like, fetishistic of, like, oh, my God, like, I want to, like, know, like, it felt very voyeuristic as to, like, why they mm. wanted, like, this person to explain all of their beliefs to them in, like, a... But like, I feel like, like I feel like a lot of those people are not debating. Like maybe yeah. in some of the the articles they might say that they are, and but they're like not for the for, well, <laughs> sure. Like maybe they're fighting, or it's just like they don't talk about it at all, and they're like, this is mm-hmm. something that we can like put aside. And I think that um, if you are like in a serious relationship with someone who's like so different from you on like those beliefs, then those beliefs are just like not that important to you um and I that's why I just don't think that I could do it like there are some things that I I feel that way about where it's like I I do not need someone to have the exact same like taste in books that I do or like Mm -hmm. I don't eat meat but I am not going to be like I feel so strongly about like political veganism or something that I would only date Mm -hmm. another vegan but like some people are like that. Um, and I think that, like, if your political beliefs are, like, not that important to you, then, like, it is easier to have that kind of relationship with someone or or they're very important to you and you're afraid of being alone, which yeah. is a bad approach to go into dating with. But I think that, like, with casual dating or, like, even if it's not, like, casual, like, you're maybe you have a goal of, like, at some point one day being in a relationship but you're, like, getting to know people – I don't think that you need to like grill people on like what all of their stances are and everything. I don't think that there's like a normal way to do that. I would no. not want to be grilled. Um, and I, I definitely haven't grilled anyone. Um, but I think that just like through being yourself and like being open about the things that you care about, like those conversations will happen naturally. Like I do a lot of like community organizing Um, And I do some like labor organizing as well. So there are just like natural moments where the things that I care about are going to come up in conversation and the people that are dating me will learn about them. 
and I will learn um, if they're dumber than me or not. Um, it's also a thing that you can bring into like platonic relationships. I know that like everyone has been having like kind of a tough time um, kind of uh, assessing a lot of their platonic relationships in the past couple of years. And um, not me. A lot of their, All like, my friends well, are perfect. I know that's just like <laughs> generally in the scope of things culturally, yeah, yeah. quite a lot of people have found out like that some of their friends have either started having um, really dogmatic and uh, beliefs that they had like absolutely no idea about, or they already had them to begin with. And it just kind of never came up. Um, and I guess a lot of people like, like this person who left the voicemail are kind of re-examining how they go into um, a lot of friendships and relationships because of those, I'm not saying the, the person who left the voicemail this is happening to, but I think because of this kind of cultural moment that we're in, a lot of people are re-examining their relationships with people. And, you know, if I know anything, I know that like a friend breakup can sometimes be even more devastating um, simply because it is so nebulous. And so when you go into these personal relationships, I guess to me, it's always been like, I, I haven't, like you said, like, I don't always agree with all of my friends on everything. Um, and I do want to know where they're coming from. And I also want to know that like their beliefs come from a, a really strong foundation of feeling, um, not like a moral sense of right and wrong, um, but more of a, a really strong foundation of like what they have, um, believed in and experienced. Um, the people that I am friends with, um, usually have a lot of passion for the things that they do and the, the people that they care about. Um, and if those things can be, um, put aside simply because of, um, like if, if you can... I guess, uh, what's the word I'm even looking for here? It's, it's, a, it's a difficult question to answer because I feel like uh-huh. it's it's not, it, it, these are obviously things that like um, can make or break, break um, you know, your personal and professional relationships. And I just don't see, um, like there's, there's unfortunately with love and with friendships and with all relationships, there's just risk involved. Um, and I like in a perfect world, you know, I think everyone would love to avoid the risk of heartbreak and avoid the risk of hurting each other. Um, and this, you know, this is the same thing with, you know, politics. I feel like a lot of people would love to be able to just instantly know everything about a person. That's why like, you know, in the previous question we were saying, like, you can't know if a person is safe or not simply through the music that they listen to um, or like the signals that they give. Um, But you can know like, what is the point for you where you realize this is enough? Like, I can't. Yeah. I think there's also like the, if, if something isn't coming up when you're um, getting to know someone or when you're becoming friends with someone, it might also be you. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, that's, I think what I'm getting at is that, like, you might not be, like, um, doing enough to, like, live out the values that you have every day. Um, And I think that, like, by, um, 
like trying to incorporate that into your life like it's it is just going to be like easier to have conversations like naturally come up with people where you get to find out what their beliefs are um because you're talking about like real things um rather than just like abstract ideas i um like i can't imagine for example like if i were dating someone and then like finding out like seven months into dating them that they're a zionist like that would be um really confusing to me if it happened because like i make um like anti-zionism like a pretty like significant part of like how i uh like operate in the world you know um and so i think just like trying to do more things whether it's like getting involved in community organizing or like maybe like reading more and like having things to talk about there um that like make it more obvious to other people like what kind of person you are is going to do a lot of the filtering out work for you and is probably also going to attract like people who are more similar to you um but i just you know like i can't i can't imagine like dating a living it would it would be unpleasant for them probably Mm -hmm. more unpleasant than it would be for me and i think that like sometimes even when you fix someone you build a lot of like resentment because they Mm -hmm. have like like they've put you on like a pedestal of being like smarter or they they think that you always know more than them and um it's just like it's difficult i wouldn't i wouldn't do it i think it might be hard to like (laughs) you're not gonna know like swiping through hinge like who's a who's a communist and who isn't you're probably gonna have to like talk to people and go on some dates but i think that you might be able to find out like date one i've gone on some first dates where like i mean people people make themselves known mm-hmm. one thing mm-hmm. that a that a socialist loves to do is <laughs> tell people that they're a socialist you know like they're gonna they're gonna tell you <laughs> they love to talk about that just spewing roses onto the table just mm-hmm. just uh, a lot of a lot of just like uh mean talk you know a lot of like numetic just phrases oh well that's okay if you're dating like a hashtag like bernie for biden like (laughs) i don't know if i i don't think that i'd have a good time with one of those either i think that i am i don't think i'm that niche i think i have the most perfect politics um Well, like you said at the beginning, I've, you've never done anything wrong in your life. I've never so. done anything wrong. Um, I've actually been able to find a lot of people like me, like, through dating and through making friends. And I think it's just, like, not hiding any part of myself. Like, mm-hmm. like the thing that you were saying, Kendall, like, going on a first date and, like, being shy about, like, being who you are yeah. and then feeling like people are not going to like you. Um, I mean, they might not, you know. A lot of people don't like communists. But I feel like if you are... Um, if you're if you're just like not um, keeping things to yourself because you want to like appease the other person or you don't want to like rock the boat or something, then like you're gonna find out what people think real quick. Um, and I I think that it will actually not be super difficult. I think the only thing that might like hold someone back would be like the scarcity mindset that some people have with dating, where it's like I'm not gonna get to go on that many dates if I'm like only going to like pursue people that I like think I'm in alignment with and I think you got to throw that one out because that's it's just like a bad mindset to have about like anything 
Um, and you don't want like the, the fear of like being alone or things not working out to be like driving any of your decisions in dating. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, a, a big part, I think, of this question seems to be uh, rooted in a very universal fear of um, the fear of both uh, rejection and heartbreak. Um, you know, and I think that that's something that is unfortunately going to be a risk yeah. um, with everything. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if uh, you're going to be able to vibe check someone right off the bat and know exactly like whether or not they're like a council communist or whether or not they're a Marxist Leninist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I would say like, like those, those genres of things, they matter a little bit less to me. Um, because like, I, I think if if we're on like, you know, if we're all in the same boat already, I'm not sure if I care, like what kind of shoes you're wearing. Um, because you're never going to figure out the minutia of someone right away, but you will get yeah. a general idea of who they are if you are once again just very earnest. Um, and and I think like the same uh, yeah. be yourself, but I just think I think I it know, is like, yeah, be yourself, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what would be like a political deal breaker for you? Because that was like oh. the other part of the question. I I've had some recently because I um. Ugh, this is embarrassing. I like keep dating artists. Um, mm. I don't know why. I I have no explanations for myself. Like two of my like exes that I like are like I had actual relationships with were like painters, and then I keep like I keep dating painters. I don't I don't know why. I don't know where I find these people or why they like me. Um, but the problem right now with artists is that a lot of them are doing NFTs. Um, Mm. So I've had like a few people that I've either like uh, started dating or I used to date, like have actually like really cool beliefs otherwise. And then be like, here's my, like, here's my NFT that I made. And it's like an ugly version of their actual art. That's a for sure a deal breaker. I think that like, Personally, I have a lot of patience for someone who, like, doesn't know all the same things that I do. Like, I don't expect everyone to be, like, super well-versed in, like, theory or anything, but, like, has the same, like, core beliefs as me and, like, then maybe, like, says something that I disagree with or, like, makes a mistake Um, as long as, like, they respect me enough to, like, want to have a conversation with me about that, then, like... I don't really care. Like, I think that that's fine. But I don't really have a lot of patience for someone who, like, has already said that they, like, have the same beliefs and values as me and then, like, knowingly, um, like, trespass on that because, like, they want to, like, get something or, like, um, it's like easier. Like, I think that, that like really like a lack of an integrity for me is like Mm -hmm. a, that's a huge, huge deal breaker. And like more so than someone who like cares about the same things that that I do, but like doesn't have all the same pieces of information because there's plenty of things like that, that I am for other people. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't care, um, on that, but yeah, like lack of integrity is a, that's a no thanks. I think, I guess mine is very similar to yours. I mean, I, it's a little more specific, but I feel like people who, um, like have a, like a 
wholehearted belief in the system in like a very strong way. Um, like it's specifically in like, um, like, you know, uh, voting <laughs> and who, um, definitely believe on like working on the system from the inside is like oh, um, yeah. the be all end all of like, uh, both activism and like solving the problem. Uh, people who believe in like philanthropy and, uh, nonprofits as like the way to solve, uh, mm -hmm. in, like inequality and impoverishment. Um, there's just something about that that really rubs me the wrong way. And I just get very, very frustrated with, especially from, cause I have, I know a lot of people who have worked or work in the nonprofit sector who are very mistreated. Um, and even when they are doing like really good work, there's a lot that's overshadowing, um, it. And I feel like a lot of people who I've met that like really believe in philanthropy and these like nonprofit systems have never worked in <laughs> these environments, um, on like a level of like an entry level worker. Um, and it's, it's a little frustrating and it kind of just, uh, it really rubs my skin the wrong yeah. way. Yeah. Well, those are also just dumb beliefs. Those are people that yeah. we don't, we don't have just, shared values I, already. I, I just really, I, it exhausts me to think about like, constantly being a loser and mm -hmm. just being like well it'll work next time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just i don't like a loser mentality i i would not want to date someone that has like an i voted sticker mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that would be that would be ugly i i'm just like i'm i'm picky and i'm stubborn mm -hmm. um and i think that that's okay um i get bored easily <laughs> I, I am very picky. Um, You're married. I was I was really picky though. Like I, um, for a while, I didn't I didn't like have girlfriends. I just had women that I slept with specifically because I was like, mm, I can't commit to her. She's like weird. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she likes she likes the wrong type of like media, or she's like she like weird. Oh she man. Okay. The wrong type of thing. <laughs> I don't think I've told you this story. So when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that this guy was so cool when I was a freshman and he was a senior. And sometimes I do things, um, to myself that I think are like treats for a younger version of me. Um, even if I like, don't really want to do it in the moment. And so when I was like 17, this same guy like asked me out on a date and I, you know, like what, what would he have been, like, 22? So that's not th – there's already problems baked into that. But I was like, this is fantastic for 14-year-old Cerise. Like, I've got to do it. Um, and so we, we went on the date, and uh, we went to, like, the record store, and he made his first mistake by, like, buying me two albums, which, like, probably could have been a cool move, but the albums were John Mayer – and the Dave Matthews band. Um, and so like teenage me was such a huge snob. I guess maybe I'm a snob now, but about different things. I still wouldn't, that would that would be a problem for me if I went I on a like date Dave now Matthews and someone did that. I don't trust white South Africans, no. Like, oh, you know what, fair, fair. I was gonna say John Mayer is probably the worst 
of the two but like it's one thing if someone is like that's what they listen to in their own time and they're a little bit ashamed and they put on headphones Mm -hmm. but to like make a gift of it like that's that's where the problem is like this is how you're you're trying to do something nice for me and impress me this is like impressing this is supposed to impress me in some way yeah so i was like already like oh i really don't want to i don't want to do any more of this but then i was like but 14 year old cerise like would really want to keep hanging out um and so like even though i wasn't feeling that fantastic about this person like when the date ended i was like i'll just like keep talking to them i guess but then that night they sent me a youtube link um and i clicked on it and it was a video of him uh singing a song about me that he he had written that night um okay original songs I don't know if this is the way for it. It's an ick for me. Yeah, I <laughs> about don't, me. Don't, don't mm, do it. I think it's it's almost never. It's never good. Maybe it's not that way for everyone, but for for me, I'm immediately. Well, put I off. I would like it if there was talent, but I yes. think that, like, I don't want a song that's bad. That is about me. And that's, that's like such. That's and it's like, also like through the lens of a man, right? It's like it's like the way that a man mm-hmm. who's just been on one date with you sees you, and like that's the basis for the song. Like that's it's gonna be gross. Like yeah. I don't want to have to look at myself through the filter of a man who listens to John Mayer. So anyway, I'm gonna read the next question. <laughs> Um, which is, I am seeing two different guys right now, casually, but things are starting to get more serious with both of them. The problem is that I like them both equally. How do I decide which one is really the one? So, Kendall, my advice is, I don't, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but okay. my advice is, uh, date them both but cheat. <laughs> My advice is date them both, but um, practice ethical monogamy, (laughs) non-monogamy. Oh, no, no, no. Date them both, but cheat. And, like, keep two separate relationships going. Like, they shouldn't know about each other. And I think that, uh, you know, like, most relationships that you get into, they're not going to work out. So at some point, like, one of them is going to, like it's going to fall off and then you'll be with the one that you were supposed to be with, but you didn't so have to make the decision. Perform some like wacky sitcom hijinks. <laughs> and then like maybe on like accidentally schedule two dates on the same night. Oh no. And now you have to walk like frantically <laughs> run back and forth and change outfits. And then, yeah. you, oh no, you're wearing the wrong hat to this date. And he's like, where, where did this hat come from? And you're like, oh no, excuse me. I have to go to the bathroom for like the 45th time. Mm-hmm. And date then you run to the other date. And cheat. <laughs> I think that that's okay. I think that it's fine. I think that's okay. a good solution. Because if you don't know, if you don't know, you should force yourself to know. My advice, flip a coin. But the coin should be weighted um, in the favor of whoever's a little hotter. Um, <laughs> what if they think they're equally hot? If they're equally hot, then I mean that's right, they, the if they're torn. I feel like that means they're equally hot. Well, because like if it's a coin, then it's like you have fifty fifty probability, and either way you win, right? You like them both equally. You think they're equally hot. Like the coin's just doing like half of the work for you. 
Right. <laughs> but why should they have to choose? I think date them both, and then you've got like a like a Schrodinger's boyfriend kind of, where you you have you have it. Yeah, I think it's don't make decisions. Don't make decisions. Okay. Make them both be okay. your boyfriend. Two Valentine's days, two Christmases, two birthdays. <laughs> um, I think you should set up a. You should code together an algorithm that tells you exactly who you should be on a date with. Let's go full web 3.0 and just mm-hmm. <laughs> ask the algorithm to tell you um, who you should date. Put their pros and cons into mm. a chart. Do the whole shebang. Don't trust computers. computers. <laughs> um, um okay i think i'll read the next one okay um i'm starting to have a crush on someone but there are some things about his personality that worry me little red flags like the amount of time he spends playing video games or some of his friends are kind of lame how many red flags is too many so this is different from the other red flags questions that we've got which is um just these are their personal red flags and i won't i Mm -hmm. won't dispute them with with this person um and it's more just about the quantity rather than the quality of the red flags. How many red flags is too many? Like pick a number. I don't number. think that there are really too many. I think uh, I have more advice that I don't know if you're going to like Kendall. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I'm in a, a romance or dating quandary, I think, what would Amy Dunn do? And mm-hmm. I think that sometimes if you really like a guy but the and the the flags that you're presenting are like these are things that you can't fix. I know that we said that you can't fix someone, you can't fix their politics, but I think you can fix their life mm-hmm. um through like a lot of like elaborate schemes and like intimidation and stuff. Um so I think if if you like this person, they're nice, um you have a good time with them. And the things that are coming up are like kind of more like external things, like they're playing too many video games, their friends are lame. You can get rid of those friends. I <laughs> I, I believe in you. Because I think that that's how you would handle that is, you know, like make them some new friends and start like sowing discord mm-hmm. between them and, and the old friends. And the old friends. You have, have friends already. Introduce your friends to to the person you're seeing and just start to like cause conflict between yeah. them and, and the lame friends according according to some men who i've made enemies with um mm-hmm. i have i have i have some discourse a discord a mm-hmm. discordance between uh friends um <laughs> uh and i would say like yeah i think just by and and not on my own volition mind you just that just like um this one man decided that my vibes were off and that he was desperately in love with the person that I was dating. Um, and therefore I needed to go. Um, so Mm -hmm. uh, I think you can really like, it's actually pretty easy to get rid of a few friends. Men um, are very catty. Men are very catty. catty. And I think that it's, it's pretty easy to sow discord among them. Like, cause they don't know how to handle like, uh, relationship conflicts, like they don't know what to do when they get mm-hmm. into fights with their friends. I feel like very common um, when a man is having a conflict with his friend who's also a man, they just like stop being friends and and you're like, what happened to you guys? And they're like, yeah, we just stopped talking. Um, so I, th- I think very I mean, easy to handle that alone. problem. It started out with vibes. He eventually um, like ruined a housing situation for me. Oh no. Where I decided, you know what, he's thrown down the gauntlet. 
Um, and I decided it would be funny to send him animal shit in the mail. What? Um, <laughs> there, was a, there, was a, there was a company that sent uh, people animal shit and I bought some and I sent it to him. Um, and I said, eat shit, BB. Okay. Um, I don't think that you should do any it. of that. I don't think that you should do any of that because you don't want to, you'd like, this is the other thing that Amy Dunn would say is you don't want to show your hand of being crazy. But and I, I didn't show my, I didn't show my hand until he threw down the gauntlet. If yeah, but of- this is but this is this is someone's friends. Even <laughs> if they're even if they're showing the gauntlet, you have to maintain the moral high ground. So but that, I did in the so end. That they got, no, but the, this, I, I this is a different kind of situation because this is a guy that someone is seeing. They're having conflict with this friend, so they need to look really good yeah. to the guy the whole time, while also like secretly, surreptitiously sewing discord so you can't send but this, but animal this shit in the mail because then you look like a crazy person it, the, you're valid for doing it but i don't think that that would work but the thing is is that this did only in this very specific situation because um he kept it um as almost uh proof that i was like a bad person like like that i was morally a bad person because i sent him a prank um that then he kept in their room and eventually everyone was like he's a little crazy for keeping it. You just did a, like a weird little prank and he just like kept it and like kept, kept shoving it in people's faces to be like, look, look at what she did to me. And it's just, the whole situation is very strange, but I don't think that you can, I don't think that you can assume that, that that would happen. So that's, that's, no, I can tell you don't have a Scorpio moon. Yeah. This is not how you sow discord. You got to be sneaky. Watch gone girl. Uh, what would Amy Dunn do? See, With the video I, games, you can, like, you can just slowly see, steal about, them. I'm about I, ex- expediting, ex- expediting the bullshit out of your life. Like, just, just do it. You can't, done. you can't be known. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. You got to do it under the radar. Like, I used to date someone that was a, a smoker. And I um, respect everyone that smokes cigarettes. But um, I also am, like, really vain um and i extend that vanity to my partners and i was like it's gonna make your teeth yellow and it's really bad to whiten your teeth so like you're just gonna have yellow teeth and you're gonna have to deal with that so you should quit and so they quit but they moved to using a jewel and they were like i'm gonna just like keep using this until i'm done like uh like being addicted to cigarettes and i was like hmm all right, interesting tactic. But then like five months went by and the jewel was still a constant presence in their life um, and they didn't have a ton of money. So what I did was I uh, stole the jewel and then they were like, my jewel's missing and I can't like afford to buy a new one. I'm like, damn, babe, that sucks. Like, (laughs) that's really too bad. And they were like, "But but it's been a couple of days and I feel all right. So I guess I'll just... I'll just okay. stop. And I was like, cool. So you see, no one knew that I stole it. If I said I helped them look for it. But I got what I wanted. So you okay. can't you can't play your hand. If the if the man has red flags, you can slowly eliminate the red flags if you like the man. And that's my advice. There's no such thing as too many red flags. Just go for it. <laughs> I think there are. To no. me, to me, in you know, in the word, in the words of of George W. Bush, um, "Fool me once, shame on you. Uh, fool me twice, also shame on you." 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if well, he said, he said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, you fool me once, you can't fool me again. That's yeah. the exact yeah, so I feel like one Thank red you. flag mm-hmm. is a little too much. To, but, you know, if we really want to push it, if we want to be generous, once is an instance, twice is a hobby, three times, now you're just pissing me off. Um, you know, like, I just feel like maybe, maybe three at that point, it's a bit of a pattern. Um, <laughs> I think this is why you are married and I'm not, but <laughs> I would say, yeah, no such thing as too many. You can just alter reality to make them not have them anymore. You know, I, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's just mm-hmm. alter reality. Yeah, it's possible. Bend the spoon, curve the bullet, like do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Just like the Matrix. Um, yeah. Can you play um, one of our little voicemails yes. that we have? Hi, um, longtime listener, frequent prank caller. So as a she, her, um, I really wanted to ask, you know, I, I see my fellow she's really struggling, of course, myself included. I think the first step to getting help is admitting that you have a problem. I see us really struggling in dating, um, especially men. So I would be really curious to know what we can do better. Of course, again, as she um, to really raise our standards or to, you know, come out on top in the dating world. Um, this is a very general question. I, I'm curious as to where you see our biggest downfalls. I really love this show. Thank you. Okay. I love a question where the prompt is like, tell women what to do. Yeah, we um, love being I, women's business. I do yeah. love telling women what to do. Um, I think that number one, she's and her is out there. I respect you. Um, and I think that all of you need to do what we've been saying people need to do the whole time we've had a podcast, which is like, Go read Dworkin. Go um, read Dworkin. <laughs> I, Unless you're already I, annoying, then please don't read Dworkin. I don't need to see your tweets. Um, oh, maybe, true. Okay. But maybe yeah. it could fix them. It could fix them. Because yeah. I it think that, like, intercourse, intercourse is, like, genuinely, it's the best, uh, like, or it's got, it's got the best, like, advice in it um, for when it comes to dating men. I don't think it, like, outright gives you like a checklist of things to do but like Dworkin says like intercourse is commonly written about and comprehended as a form of possession or as an act of possession in which um like a man inhabits a woman physically covering her and overwhelming her and at the same time penetrating her and this physical relation to her over and inside her is his possession of her um and then like it goes on to say like Uh, For women, being possessed is the sex that has to meet the need for love or tenderness or physical affection. Therefore, it comes to mean to show the intensity of desire uh, and being erotically owned by a man who takes you and fucks you is a physically charged and meaningful affirmation of womanhood or femininity or being desired. And I think this like overall idea of like conflating possession, whether that's like through sex or like through just how someone treats you um with like being desired being loved like being affirmed is uh something that like women were socialized into so it's not your fault but like it's something to be aware of and then like 
work on. Um, because I think when you are viewing like love and dating and sex that way, like you're always going to have a bad time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that like knowing that that is like something to work on and then like changing that about yourself and like trying to find ways to feel like affirmed in love that don't have to do with like being possessed is uh it's gonna save the sheets what i'm saying is like don't be carrie bradshaw you know don't be carrie bradshaw don't be miranda either the Um. thing that carrie does that that really just like it it grinds my gear so much is she never talks to the man that she's dating and that's the other thing that women need to do this will contradict the advice that i just gave don't pay attention to that it's the dialectic Um, so. I think that like like in Sex in the City, Carrie and Miranda and Charlotte, not Samantha, they're always trying to like manipulate the situation that they're in to get the outcome that they want from the man that they're seeing instead of just like saying that they want that because they want to like validate that man's like masculinity, which they see as like that person like being the one who is taking charge and they don't want to like step out of their role um, of like femininity of like like guiding that and like being supportive but it it then means that they like don't express anything they want have you seen the episode where carrie's trying to move her yes. stuff into miss interbig's house like yes. because she sees it as like a symbol of like their relationship being more um like more serious like that she's got like a mm-hmm. you know like stuff in his home yeah. um I understand that totally does symbolize something sometimes, but instead of just being like, Hey, like I see you four times a week. Like it would be nice if I could leave my things here. And it would also make me feel like our relationship is more serious. She just keeps like leaving stuff. And then, and then when, when he picks he, it up and gives it back to her, he keeps Yeah. Cause he's he, like, Hey, he's you left serious. your stuff here. Yeah. She like, like screams at him and like and it seems like and it's like all he's doing in the moment is just being like oh she would probably want this back like yeah no because he like he has not been like privy to like her like inner dialogue of like if he doesn't accept this then like i'm not important to him like you can't be like relying on signs from people you have to express yourself in bell hooks all about love uh mm-hmm. she does do yeah she does do um the quote about the wounded child um which is the wounded child inside many males uh is a boy who when he first spoke his truths was signed was silenced uh by paternal sadism by a patriarchal world that did not want him to claim his true feelings the wounded child inside many females is a girl who was taught from early childhood that she must become something other than herself deny her true feelings in order to attract and please others. When men and women punish each other for truth-telling, we reinforce the notion that lies are better. To be loving, we willingly hear the other's truth. And most important, we affirm the value of truth-telling. Lies make people feel better, but they do not help them to know love. Um, And I just think that's, like, that was one of the parts, I think, when I first read All About Love, that I was like, like, it, like, almost like two wires finally like connected that book is so good it's, it's so, so good. good it's so i really think good. that everyone needs to read it um yeah. and just the just, idea yeah of like the reason so many men in your life um in 
might, you know, um, you feel like, oh, it's just, it's pulling teeth to get them to like express themselves or like to tell me how they really feel or to tell the truth. Um, and it's, it's simply because they have been told that lies are better, but in a different way than the way that you've been told your lies are better. You've been told to just steer your way around the discussion where a man, where a man has been told to avoid it altogether. Um, yeah. I, okay. Also like bell hooks definition of love that we read earlier, like, um, making decisions like that are intended to like foster someone else's like personal and spiritual growth. Of course, when you're like in the early stages of dating someone, they're not going to be in love with you and you're not going to be in love with them. But I think that it is not an unreasonable expectation to have of like, um, like just treating people with this like principle in mind of like, at least not doing things that don't fit that, you know, like Mm -hmm. someone who lies to you is not like helping foster your personal or spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like, you know, people that like keep things from you because they like want what they want from you um, and like don't want to have to deal with like the, the inconvenience of your reaction. Like that's not a like a loving act and it's like not a good foundation for like even just like casual dating like you're gonna have a bad time and I think that the she's and the hers um gotta get better at walking out I think when Mm -hmm. someone when someone fucks up uh the first time just just go home yeah I never want to I never want to send like a text to someone like a long ass text of like this is how you hurt my feelings Mm-hmm. because it's it's like like if it's someone that I'm like just seeing it's like why do they need all that from me it's it's always to me better to just be short to the point and then leave the situation um you just gotta go there's there's, there's so many instances where I feel like yeah. so many women in my life at least put up with like tantrums and bad behavior from the men in their life um and just kind of sit there and wait it out and like I do think that like as bell hook said you need to nurture um but that tantrum is not truth telling um and it's not something to be uh like especially well, and you are not you're not fostering someone else's growth by like coddling them mm-hmm. when they're being shitty and you are preventing yourself from growing by like being in a situation yeah. where that is what is expected of she you spends a lot of and time. it's it's better for everyone involved to just go. So I feel like talking about how like redemption for a person is not mm-hmm. um, blind acceptance of yeah. who they Sometimes are. Sometimes the most loving thing that you can do is leave. Yeah. I think ladies, you got to start leaving. Yeah. Just saying like that kind of behavior is intolerable to me. I've had like a couple of like men in my life, especially like when I was younger, who would like just break things, you know, if they were mad about something and it clearly came from a place of um like just uh, like unregulated emotion um like that was never and they were never taught their own coping mechanisms but it was not up to me to teach them those coping mechanisms and that was my mistake um because that's not uh they can't be taught if i if i simply accept them as they are and they also can't be taught if i um don't let them clean up the thing the shit that they broke yeah (laughs) you know Um, there's like, there's no, there's no room for redemption for that person. If you don't allow them to fix the problem that they made. Here's my, my other 
piece of advice for the she's and the hers because we said you know you got to leave but you don't just have to leave when someone is like breaking stuff or they're throwing a tantrum I think also it's time to normalize just like walking out and never um never even looking back those second glances when someone is just like annoying or Mm -hmm. like you you're not that into them or, or like you've changed your mind Mm -hmm. time to go I feel Mm -hmm. like too many women feel a um I mean like they have been socialized into believing that like having a romantic relationship is like one of the most like important goals that they can have for themselves and like see themselves as being unsuccessful when they're not in one so when they are in one or in something that's like getting towards one or has like elements of one they're like okay I have to like find ways to make this work. So this thing that is like annoying to me, this thing that bothers me, this thing that like makes me really upset, like whatever degree it is on the the threshold of like, you hate this. They're like, I've got to gotta work on it. Like this is something that we can work on. I don't have to work on anything. Time to go. Time to walk yes. out. Just Let's leave. Go. Let's go. Um, if, if the age old adage, if it sucks, hit the bricks. Mm-hmm. You know, if it sucks, oh. hit the bricks. If it okay. sucks, hit the bricks. We've got another fun question um, that I think lots of people are asking themselves all the time. Where do I find someone cute and nice to rail me a few times a month? Oh, I, I don't really know the answer. I'm sorry. You don't know I the answer? Because <laughs> I have that already. I, I have it on easy access right there. Okay, so maybe the solution is two times get, a month. get That's... married. <laughs> yeah, two times, times a month, a month is, is kind of not um, a lot of times. Um, but that's, you know, different different people. Different strokes, different folks, you know. So, solution one is get married. Um, Well, because then it's just bing, bang, boom, you're done. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's, yeah, totally. Uh, I think you could also, like, go outside. You could go um, outside. And, and, like, wave your hands around. I I feel like. uh, Based on what my every, like, the. The tallies that I've gotten from my friends, I don't think like going to the club actually is statistically. Oh, no, you don't need to go to the to the club. This okay, we're talking remember when I was hitting on the Kennedy? Yes. So you can you can do the Kennedy method mm-hmm. of uh, just going out into the world and wearing like really great outfits every day. As yeah, long as you best. just gotta go outside and like do cool stuff that you're like interested in but like also look hot while you're doing it, people will come up to you and they will talk to you. Yeah. And at some point you will find someone cute and nice to rail you a couple times a month. A couple times a month is not a lot to ask for. No. Um, I feel like that's very doable. You can also just like, I, I don't really like to use like the apps, the dating apps, but I do use Instagram. You can just post a picture of yourself there like, once every three weeks and then like 10 people come running to your dms you just have to look hot somewhere uh where people can see you so you could do that on the internet or or not i think probably the easiest way to do it actually would just be on one of the apps because i feel like you can just you can just slide into someone's little messages and be like i would like to have sex and they'll be like yeah why not 
right? Yeah, it seems like. I that's mean, that's what of- that's what people are on there for. <laughs> if you ask us anything about the apps, we will give you very bad advice because we know. Nothing. I don't know. I I just like I get really overwhelmed when I'm on any of them because like this is not a brag. I think that this might just be what it's like for everyone, mm-hmm. but like too many matches. And then it's like, I don't, I don't want to talk to all of you because they all kind of say the same things. Like, cause it's, you know, it's like small talk and I'm not saying like, we need to talk about like the universe and death or whatever it is that people say um, instead. But it's like, there's only so many times I can have the same, like, Oh, what kind of music are you into? Like conversation It's boring. And then there's too many people to have it with. And then I start feeling bad that I haven't responded to anyone. You know how and I would expedite that process? Then I get overwhelmed. And okay. this, is, this is my Virgo moon and Virgo sun showing. Mm-hmm. How I would expedite that process is that I would make um, either a video or a PowerPoint. Just like no! going through all of them. <laughs> just like, here's, my, here, here's the music that I'm into. Here are the places you, you should be sending do. people PowerPoints. Not a PowerPoint. I think if you were able to make a very funny little general video about yourself, no. make it an unlisted YouTube video, and then just put it up. You're, you're married. You're I married. You don't I just, know what I you're talking about. I want to <laughs> the process. I don't like like going through the same fucking thing over like every single fucking time. Like, oh, what are you into? What do you do? What do you do this? It's just, boring. Like, it's boring. And like half of that stuff was is answered like in the profile already. Like <laughs> I I just like I get bored and people are boring. So I have a hard time like sustaining my interest on them. But um I definitely know people that like are they're finding someone cute and nice to rail them a couple times a month that way. So I think that's super doable. And I think that you can be pretty direct about what you want. Um, and like people are going to be into that as long as you can do it in a way that's like hot and not creepy. When I was at a party once, um, this guy came up to me and he was like, will you Tinder for me? Which I thought was like funny, you know, I, like I was like, OK, I'll do a little swipe on your phone. And so I. I did my swiping. I was like, these are the people that I think this person would be into. Why not? Um, And then I got a couple matches and I was about to ask them. This is a good question. By the way, other people could use this maybe. Um, What's your favorite Kanye album? There's a lot of different conversations that you can have out of that. If they don't have an answer, red flag. Um, And then the other one was like, what's your favorite place to dumpster dive? And I thought that those would also generate some good results and then, like, mm-hmm. could be a date idea <laughs> um, if they have if they have uh, good answers. But when I went to go ask my questions, um, I could see that uh, he had already sent uh, a bunch of messages to people in the past and it caught my attention because none of them had been answered and they were all the same question. Um, and that question was, like, I want you to come over and sit on my face. And I really wondered, like... That's not even a question. That's like a request. <laughs> but, like, like you know, it, it didn't work for him the first three times that he sent it. So, like, why send it, like, so many more times to no results? But I think that you can you can be pretty direct about, like, wanting just, like, a 
someone someone cute and nice to rail you a couple times a month um and and people will be into that you just have to you got to phrase it right Mm -hmm. and if you and if you send it out to people and then no one likes it then like switch up your script but i think i think that's manageable a few times a month yeah that's not i just think once a week would at least be preferable to well that could be a few times a month right that's that's four that's I just think like, like it's just not times, like at least like give it like a real nut like a few is just like an estimate <laughs> you know like that like, yeah that, that and then like also like seven so like what, what's the metric there if a few is was on your schedule and then they cancel then you're down to a couple times a month I mm, different people have different priorities and that's okay um, I still do think you want to go above a few but that's yeah it's <laughs> just me um I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. Okay, so recently, my loving partner of five years, with whom I reside, asked me, while they were showering, what I thought William Shakespeare's favorite piece of media would be if we could bring him into the 21st century. And I started thinking about, like, I don't know, Breaking Bad, like, Coen Brothers type shit. That's, I have an unfortunate white boy film taste. Anyway, my partner said that it would be Jackass, which, okay, first of all, my partner's never even fucking seen any Jackass movie. Um, And second of all, they're just wrong. And I'm wondering if I should break up with them. Please help. Okay. I, I respect their partner, honestly. As someone who like also hasn't seen a lot of movies and likes to lie, I um, kind of respect the move of yeah. like just forming an argument. As someone um, as someone who thinks Johnny Knoxville is kind of gender, um, I don't think William Shakespeare would love Jackass. Um <laughs> No, because the comedies are supposed to end in marriage, right? And Jackass doesn't end in I wish it did. I wish they all married each other, but that's not (laughs) how it usually happens. Unless unless it's a tragedy. Yeah. But the tragedies end in death. Yeah, and they're not dying. um, Yeah. You know, it's... Slowly. They're dying slowly from concussions. Um, Who do you think? I think... I do think, like, he would like The Sopranos. I feel like The Sopranos is very, like, Shakespeare-adjacent. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is, like, Succession, because that's just King mm-hmm. Lear. Yeah. Um, hmm, Twilight? I think Twilight? Might, that, do, that ends in a marriage? I think he might like Perhaps. Twilight. Um, I feel like, here's the thing, it's just, like, his his stuff is so ubiquitous. That I feel like he would just kind of like I almost feel like his ego would inflate by like ten thousand because he'd be like oh my god everyone's copying me like it's mm-hmm. just like it's so clear like hmm, they all are copying me um, and I I don't think that like I don't th- no one had like a a sense of copyright right I don't think he would be like mad but I think he he would definitely be way way overflattered by um the amount of media that's mostly inspired by uh, his work i do also 
like once again don't apologize for your white boy film taste we've already said this um but the male manipulator isn't a that big of a deal um he's not a real guy i mean there are male manipulators but the yeah the stereotype of, of a do guy think, who watches do I movies. I think you should break up with them? I don't, I, like, no. once again, I love their tenacity to lie, so I don't think that... Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's it's fine. funny, actually. <laughs> I think it's funny. I think that... Um, I think the important context that we're, we're not, we're skating over here is that this was while they were in the shower. This was a shower thought. Um, so yeah, I feel like, that's true. I feel There's like a shower question. Party. It's a shower question. There's a shower question, question that, that they answered. Yeah. I wouldn't break up with them, but I think that uh, to retaliate, you should start like an equally upsetting argument over mm-hmm. something that's like important to them. Um, that you know nothing but it's, about. Like, yeah, that you know nothing about. Um, and just kind of like one-up them there. Mm-hmm. And that way, like you have won, um, you've bested them, maybe you've taught them a lesson to um, not argue with you about things that they don't know anything about, um, but also, like, it'll be funny. Here's a here's a really good question, though. Do you think William Shakespeare would like anime? Like, any anime? Like, any anime at all? Yeah, yeah to- totally you, some. Yeah. Like, which, which ones do you think? Because I, I mean, basket. Fruits Basket, yeah. I can see that. It's a lot of like the Midsummer Night's Dream kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I Death don't Note. Know. He would love Death Note. It's Madoka so Magica. Dramatic. The, those like those two households of just like police and like one very weird teenager. Yeah. Well, and also like I've you know like Shakespeare loves like his like sprites and like his yep. shapeshifters and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think Madoka Magica also, because yeah. that's, like, you know, classic tragedy, I think dark. So, some people would think Evangelion. I don't think he would. I don't think he would mm-hmm. like the, the non-linear storyline. No, like... and, and Evangelion is for, like, Freud. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the, that's a little bit too... It's mm-hmm. too modern of a story. Yeah, I think he might like Sailor Moon, honestly. Ooh, or Princess mm-hmm. Tutu. I think he might like Princess I Tutu. I think he would, he would like Princess Tutu. I don't know about Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon's a little bit too long. It I don't think Shakespeare long. would be a fan of, like, the monster of the week mm-hmm. structure. He'd be like, come on, like, let's get to the point here. Which is also why he wouldn't be, like, into, like, Naruto mm-hmm. um, or Dragon Ball None or of, like, anything. the big shonen animes that are, like, no. one million episodes long. It's got to be, like, a tight, like, one one season, two season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, maybe Ranking of Kings. I I don't know. Like, I think he would definitely be into any of the ones that are, like, pretty high fantasy. Um, he'd hate the isekais. He'd be like, these don't make I any don't sense. Uh, the ones with like like Sword Art Online, like the ones where just like oh. it's a it's a large genre of of anime of just boys being like, whoa, I got sucked into a video game, and they're all bad. And I just also think he would find it like odd and would not understand or like it. Um, mm, okay, so maybe he might not like those, but I feel like he would like Spy Kids 3D. He would like Spy Kids 3D. He'd like Spy Kids 3D. Okay. He might even I think- like click. We've got one more question, and then yeah. we're gonna gonna move the rest of these mm-hmm. to pay, to Patreon. So you know, head on over there um, to receive divine them and guidance. So this is my favorite question because this is the kind of person that I am um, in relationships. Um, I've been with my new boyfriend for two months, but I've been feeling jealous lately because he's still on good terms with his ex who gifted him a knitted sweater for his birthday last week. 
I've been slowly, <laughs> I've been slowly unraveling it thread by thread <laughs> to send a message. Right now, <laughs> right now there are just a couple loose pieces of yarn, but eventually he's going to notice that the sweater has fallen apart. How do I explain myself when I'm caught? So when? I like this question for, for multiple reasons. Well, but he's going to notice that the sweater has fallen apart. And I like this question for a couple of reasons. Number one, cr- crazy. Love that. <laughs> uh, that's, I you know, resonates with me. Um, secondly, like, you're right for feeling like the sweater from the ex-girlfriend has bad vibes. Sweater. Yeah, do you know how long it takes to knit a sweater? Like, that's not a casual gift a, that you give to an ex. Like, give knitted sweaters. It's you put love yeah. into a knitted sweater. I would yeah, give you I think, best I think that you are ones. completely valid for feeling disturbed by the knitted sweater, but also completely crazy in the way that you're handling it. And I, I respect that deeply. Um, and I also like that you are already planning. Like, like that you know that you're gonna get caught and are gonna have to like defend yourself, um, but are, but you're gonna keep unraveling the sweater like until yeah. then. That's not- I- <laughs> so committed to the sweater unraveling. I I just don't think you need to get caught. I think I think you're you've already committed to being crazy. Why not commit a little further and try to gaslight the situ- like him in the situation? Maybe just say like, babe. Maybe she just made like a bad sweater. Maybe it's like a bad sweater. She just like unraveling because she just made it kind of shitty. I think I think the underlying problem is we do need to get rid of this this X. Yeah. You know, this this sweater knitting X. Um, and so I feel like if if there's a way that you can make this situation one that gets them in trouble, that's that's really ideal. Um, but I think unraveling the sweater. <laughs> completely valid i would do that i don't i don't think there's no reason to be knitting an excess sweater mm-hmm. do you know how, that would take so long that's like months yeah that's months and to me that commitment says that maybe she has an etsy shop if she does dear listener you gotta go over to that etsy shop you gotta leave some you bad could reviews. sabotage yeah sabotage the etsy shop the small business um, just mm-hmm. get like Get rid of that mom and pop shop. That's I. I think that if you maybe don't unravel the whole sweater, but just like just make it kind of like like unravelable, so mm-hmm. that he has to do the the final piece of it by just yeah. like wearing it. Yeah, like, then oh, you won't get caught. Just stretches over his head, and all of a sudden it just falls apart. You know, mm-hmm. like that's yeah. that's his fault, honestly. In the end. Um, yeah just, then you won't get caught a gift for, from a from a dear friend so yeah that's, that's weird mm-hmm. i do you do you do like um friendships with exes is that like no. your mo no no fuck no <laughs> it's nothing is that because of your exes or just like as a principle i think i mean partially it's the exes mm-hmm. but partially but like not always i think sometimes it's just kind of like a principle of just like, I feel like you know me way too intimately. Um, and like, honestly, you know things about me that you really do not like um, to the point of like incompatibility, we fell apart. And I kind of don't want to keep, I don't want to think about you or communicate with you again. Like, if I. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if maybe, you could be friends, if you could be friends, then you would still be dating, right? Because exactly. like, that's the, that's the, MO. That's the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I just I feel am... like 
I am good friends with my first ex-girlfriend, but we dated when we were in, when I, like, when I was a teenager, like, in mm-hmm. high school, so it's kind of, a, like, a different I thing it, where it, it's, it like, also I really was a depends. child. Yeah, it also really depends on the amount of time that's passed by. If I somehow got in contact with one of my, like, high school girlfriends or hookups again, and we, like, started hanging out again, we could be friends. Yeah, sure. Um, any of the ones from the last, like, 10 or so years? No. Yeah, and if someone was knitting my partner a sweater, mm, I would I would definitely be scheming also. That's not that's not right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't I don't love the sweater thing. A sweater takes a while. And honestly, a sweater like a handmade gift like that that isn't just like that's oh, weird. I made you like a little granny square coaster. Or, like, Why do you know my boyfriend's dimensions? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Forget his measurements. <laughs> like, you, know his, you know his measurements still? You know his chest size? That's my business. That's mine. Absolutely not. You know the size of his wrists? His delicate <laughs> little wrists? No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Maybe a hat, but even so. Mm. No, I don't. No. Something about I think, you knowing my I think a, an, an ex can give my boyfriend a gift card. <laughs> From and where, then, where, where, where's the gift card that you'd be like, absolutely not? Oh, uh, well, like Panera Bread, okay, you know, or yeah. like, like a fast food like chain or something, because mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> um, but like, so they you're, can... you're thinking you would spend the gift card? <laughs> <laughs> well, we would go together. <laughs> So you take the ex's gift card and you go together on a date. I mean, if they I mean, if they have a problem with that, that's you know, like I, that's that's a problem. I like, think it also they, depends on the they amount. They can give a gift card on the amount that is on the gift card, and that that goes with anyone I have a relationship with. My boss once gave me a, a Starbucks gift card, and it had five dollars on it. That doesn't mm-hmm. even count plus tax no, for you, you one can't drink. Even can't even buy a starbuck with five dollars can't even you have to pay tax i had to pay like and i didn't know because it's a stupid starbucks gift card so it doesn't say on the on the fucking card how much it is so like no i think i think like um the ex can give my boyfriend like a 30 dollar gift card to red lobster (laughs) and that's where we'll go okay. uh, after we get done what we do a, a few times a month. Uh, <laughs> Just a few times. And I think I cut off. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I I don't I don't know. This is this is what the pay pigs want. It's a few times a month. <laughs> They have other things that they're doing, I guess. They're knitting. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have sweaters time. for ex-lovers and ex-paramours. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you pay pigs? Are you yeah. Um, Okay, well, that that was that was our, our Love Line episode. Um, we have more questions to answer, but you know, it's been it's been a while, so we're gonna throw okay. this one under the paywall. Um, and you can hear the rest of it there. And um, if you feel so inclined, then you, you can give us money and hang out and learn things. We also have 
social media to plug as always, which is we have our Instagram, we've got mm-hmm. our Twitter. I'm commodified this on Twitter and Kendall is she herzog. And like uh leave us reviews yeah, on yeah, Apple yeah. and Spotify. Yep. Uh, go to our Patreon. Um Go to our website. Uh, we, we're pretty much everywhere. Um, it's Big Soy Naturals everywhere. Uh, send us an email at Big Soy Podcast. Or since we're keeping the uh, the Google Voice line open, our little hotline, uh, send us a voicemail. Send us a text about anything. I'd love to talk to you. Really? Um, well, well, you know, I'd love to talk to that. you in the format of an episode on the podcast so that I can use it for content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But otherwise, uh, don't talk to me. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. Goodbye. Uh, Shut up. Love you. Bye. (laughs) I don't want smoke. I just want smoke. Cock is one of my favorite tastes. I don't want smoke. I just want smoke. When I hit the pipe, I'm like Walter White. Not only that, I feel like a doll smell amazing. Yeah, like green because it makes me lean. And I smoke high because I'm blowing clouds. When I get high, then it's time to smoke. They are dangerous people. Like, I cannot get it far enough down my throat to be satisfied. I don't want smoke. I'm only satisfied when I feel those intense, powerful, salty, hot pumps of cum down my throat. I don't want smoke. I just want smoke. This is a certified Big Soy Naturals classic.